Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. First, our YouTube feed, 94WIP. Check it out. Uh, great content up there every day, including all the podcasts here at WIP, on-air stuff. Tucker will join me in a few minutes. His thoughts on on the news we've been waiting for here. And that, of course, is the latest on Joel Embiid. So he has an injured, according to Woj, Shams, all the insiders over at ESPN and everywhere. Uh, Joel Embiid has an injured lateral meniscus in his left knee. Will be out through the weekend while a treatment plan is finalized. That's from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, there was one report for a brief period of time, but then it was taken down that he had torn his meniscus. So the, the actual final news that we get is an injured lateral meniscus for Joel Embiid in his left knee and is going to be out through the weekend. This is a very Sixers uh, way, and it's it's ironic. We're, we're doing this episode on Groundhog Day because it always it, it feels like Groundhog Day. We do this every single year, it feels like, with another Sixers injury, but most specifically – with a Joel Embiid injury. So I want to get into today what they should do, how they should approach everything now with Embiid out, and who knows for how long. Now, the trade deadline is six days away next Thursday. It's a pretty early trade deadline within the season. So it doesn't give the Sixers much time to figure out what the heck they're going to do here and how they're going to approach this. So I want to take two perspectives. One, should the Joel perspective, what the Sixers should do and how they should handle Joel Embiid. And then the trade deadline perspective, which obviously is the big picture, the team, the franchise, not just him. As far as Joel Embiid, I would shut him down until he is 100%. I mean, and I, and I mean that like seriously, like whatever the treatment plan has to be, I think it's time to get Joel Embiid healthy. I, I you know, the, the, it feels like the Sixers have been one foot in, one foot out with Joel Embiid's health for a long time. You know, they started a process when he was young and he had all those injuries where when they brought him back, it was a minutes restriction. It was never really a game restriction, but maybe not back-to-backs. I mean, they didn't want to put anything hard and concrete on this. But at, at this point, it's time to try something new. And that might be for next year. But the, the purpose of, of what I'm saying right now is let's get him fully healthy. Does that mean six months of rest? Does that mean surgery and he's out for the season? Whatever it means, I believe the Sixers have to do it. If they're going to continue down the Joel Embiid path, and we've had so many discussions on this podcast, on WIP, about what's really best for the Sixers. Keeping him, building around him, putting stars around him, maxi young players, role players, trade him away. Like All these ideas have been out there for years. And what's best for Joel? What's best for the Sixers? But I'm tired of the half-in, half-out stuff that the Sixers always do with Joel Embiid. You know, that when he first came back from those early injuries, and we all couldn't wait to see him play because he had such promise, and he really has fulfilled that promise in a lot of ways. He's been a tremendous basketball player when he's on the court, especially during the regular season, a premier basketball player. But they never committed to anything. Remember early on, it was like, you know, whatever the minutes were, 30, 32, 35. And then I remember there was a game – I forget what year now, 2016, you know, 2017, somewhere in that range, where it may have been an overtime game or was tight game late. I think I was on that night at WIP and he kicked a chair because he was upset that he couldn't go back in the game. And it frustrated everybody because it was like, well, come on, he's fine now. He's healthy. Let him play. He wants to play. He's a competitor, all that kind of stuff. And slowly we moved away from all that kind of stuff, all the ideas of, well, how many minutes can he really play? What's best? 
And then, you know, we moved to, well, maybe just not back to back. So that's the way to do it. And then they didn't do that for a while. And then the NBA came in this, you know, recently and put in the, the rule of 65 games. So now we talk about games missed versus MVPs, versus rest, versus load management. There's never been a true concrete plan they stuck to with Joel Embiid, including when and how he comes back from injuries. You know, ever, ever since he had the foot surgeries when he was young, that was the only time it felt like they were very cautious, very big picture on Joel Embiid. And then since then, we've gone into like the, the churn of the cycle of the season, of competing, of the playoffs. And it's been like, well, whenever you can get back, Joel, just get back. We'll, we'll figure it out from there. It doesn't work. Joel Embiid, the more his career plays out, is no different than a pitcher in baseball who can't stay healthy and you you try to figure out how many innings might be best. There's no perfect science to it, but like think about Jacob deGrom for now the Texas Rangers, it was the New York Vets. Brilliant starting pitcher. You know, when he's on the mound, one of the best we've ever seen, he can't stay on the mound. And, you know, the plans the Mets and the Rangers have had, I guess haven't necessarily worked because he's gotten hurt, but at least they've tried something. They've said, all right, five innings, 80 pitches, you know, whatever the – the combination of things. There's been something they've tried each year. The Los Angeles Dodgers actually maybe have done it better than anybody with an off-injured, you know, fragile is a strong word, but, you know, not durable player at this point with Clayton Kershaw. He was durable at one point. He's not anymore. And some, some years they'll rev him up in July and say, can you, you know, can you get go from – and then this next year because he's had shoulder surgery, he'll do that if he pitches – you know, he'll pitch from like July and then hopefully through the playoffs or they'll start him a full season. And then you notice every year, July, August, Clayton Kershaw has a you know injured list in and you don't see him for a month and a half. It's because they realize he can't give them that many innings. So they shut him down. The Sixers need to take a step back. Stop worrying about this season. Stop worrying about the playoffs, seeding, MVP, which is out now anyway. But stop worrying about all that stuff and stop taking too much of Joel's opinion into account and just shut the guy down. Get this knee healthy. And by the way, this is not the first time Joel Embiid has had an injury, this injury, to this knee. In 2016-17, he missed the final 37 games of the regular season with a left lateral meniscus. That was the injury. It's the same one as now, way back in 16-17. He underwent a partial removal of the meniscus, and then we didn't see him again until the next season. So we'll see where this one goes. The more that they wait to tell us a treatment plan, the more ominous it feels. Because if it's just rest for two weeks and then we'll see where the swelling is, that I think you would have told us already. The fact that they're deliberating what to do here strikes me as surgery and you know a long-term absence may certainly be on the table. So I think it's time for the Sixers to stop worrying about anything besides 1,000% health or as close to possible for Joel Embiid. He shouldn't step back on a basketball court until that knees 100%. This season, you know, who cares? It's not worth it because it's just ultimately half in, half out. He comes back this year, but he's hobbling. They're not winning anyway. He, he plays through this this year, and he doesn't really take care of this the right way. Next year's probably compromised too. It's just it's It's like it just rolls over into the next year with this guy. All right, now the other side of this, then we'll get Tucker's thought on everything is the team, what the team should do. This year has been more enjoyable for a lot of reasons than recent years. There's been less angst day to day. Now this Joel Embiid injury certainly brings angst to the table, but just the team, the players, the coach, it's been more enjoyable. It really has. It's been a more enjoyable season than we've seen in a long time. Nick Barris has done a really good job. Tyrese Maxey's emergent, about 50 points last night, his second 50-point game this season. 
in Utah. Good win last night on the road to end the road trip. So it's all good, you know, in terms of how the team makes you feel. Some role players with some scrap, like a guy like Pat Bev, who I love watching play basketball, and he's almost like a coach on the court. So I think there's a lot about this season. You know, there's not that Ben Simmons thing hanging over. You don't have to root for a guy in Harden. That's not easy to root for. It's been more enjoyable. But sometimes we can mix enjoyable and we can confuse it for real. I don't think the 2023-24 Sixers are real in terms of competing for a championship. And that even was with Joel Embiid out there. I, I, I Look, right now they're fifth in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics are a better basketball team. The Knicks are proven to be a better basketball team. The Bucks, although they're maybe a little fake and not as good as, as their record, they're a better basketball team. The Sixers, the way I view them this year, this year's Sixers, feel like they're on par with the Heat, with the Cavs, four, five, six in the Eastern Conference. Not a team I believe is going to go win the NBA Finals. They've had better teams in recent years that fell short. You know, this Sixers team is probably not as talented as teams in recent years that couldn't get over the hump. Can the Sixers win a playoff round? Sure they can. Can they compete in the second round if Joel is out there gutting through whatever he's got? Sure they can. Are they going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Likely not. Can you actually see this team with as many minutes as guys like Kelly Oubre and Tobias Harris get? No knock on them. It's just the reality. Can you see them hoisting a trophy? No. I mean, you can't. So as I look forward to the NBA trade deadline, I have a big man who's a great player, leading the league at scoring, but I think it's best for the franchise to just shut him down until he's fully healthy. So as I, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm not doing anything. I'm not cashing in any of my chips. For so the first time in a while, the Sixers have some chips. They have some future cap space this summer, and they have some draft picks. They have capital to go and add a big-time player. Now, they may have missed the boat, and a newbie for the Knicks has made a, made a big impact. Should it have been him? Maybe. I like him. But, okay, so he's off the board. I like Siakam. He's off the board. So the Sixers avoided the Raptors' tear, tear down, and they didn't make trades. Now, Siakam could be a free agent, and we'll see what happens there. But for this year, for the moment, like I'm not absorbing my cap space on DeJounte Murray. I'm, I'm not interested. Like some of the names out there, like sure, if LeBron James says wakes up tomorrow and says, I want to go to Philadelphia, it's worth a discussion. I'll have that because it's just a rare once in a lifetime opportunity. But we're if we're talking about guys that make a good deal of money and are just B, B minus, C plus players, you know, they help a little bit. I don't think this year's worth it. I, I think the Sixers need to, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise when the Joel injury happened, because if it happened next week, next Friday, well, the trade deadline's over. Maybe Maury has gone all in on this season. I don't think this team is worth going all in. I would hold the cap space. I would hold the assets to the offseason. Get Joel fully healthy. Watch the continued emergence of Tyrese Maxey. See how a guy like Nurse could coach him up in the playoffs with what he has. And then see where you could pivot this offseason. Which guy asks for a trade? Where, who will take the cap space in free agency? What's out there? What they could trade from what they have with the picks and make something big happen? Feels like, and, and no one wants a pause year when you've been waiting this long. It just feels like this thing is now set up. Let's just take a deep breath, not waste draft picks, not waste, waste cap space, and let's get the big guy healthy finally. Like actually do a rehab, surgery, whatever the process is. No halfway anymore. No Joel in a knee brace three months from now, hobbling up and down the court against the Knicks in the first round. It doesn't make sense to me. Tucker, what are you thinking here as Joel Embiid is uh, officially out, and we'll see how long it's going to be? You know, I thought I'd be a lot sadder than I was. Like, there's there's been times, especially during his career, where an injury like this would have felt devastating and just kind of okay. Like, 
we kind of all expected this to happen at some point. It's the first legitimate injury he's really had since his second year, you know, outside of the injuries he's sustained in the postseason, right? Since he had that that broken orbital bone um, that he suffered at the end of that regular season, it's the first time he's really going to miss, you know, a, a real extended period of time, which is pretty impressive considering the, the track record he came in on. But I think we came into this year thinking it was a transition year, right? Remember a lot of people before the start of the season was, hey, we're just going to figure out what we have in Tyrese Maxey. We're not going to go all in. And now you're kind of forced into that, and it stinks because there was some promise. Joel Embiid was playing the best basketball of his career. He's going to finish the season averaging more points per game than minutes per game, which is just an unbelievable feat that will probably just get kind of lost to history because uh, of just the, the limited amount of games he's going to finish with. But, you know, Spike Eskin was on the afternoon show or the morning show. He's been on WIP a lot the last couple of days, and he will be moving forward. But he said something that I thought was interesting where he said, he doesn't expect Joel Embiid to win the title anymore. He, he loves watching Joel Embiid play. It's fun. It, it's great that he's here. We're probably never going to see a sixer put up the kind of numbers that he puts up on a nightly basis. The idea that it's title or bust with him at this point, I just don't think it's smart. Like it, it, It's almost resigning ourselves to the fact that we have a superstar. He, he's an unbelievable talent. He does things on a nightly basis that we'll never see again, but He's never going to be healthy in the postseason. He, he's never going to be able to lead this team to a championship. And if that's your singular focus and, and that's all you care about, like, I, I get it. I, I don't blame you. But I think moving forward with Joel Embiid, even when he is back and even when he is healthy, I just am going to accept him for what he is, which is a great regular season player. He's going to you know provide a lot of entertainment during the regular season. But come playoff time, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's really – important to get my hopes up again and and with that and that's a, it's a, i look i i reached that feeling i think we talked about on the old evening show a couple of years ago i just didn't think this was going to happen and it's not it's, look, part of it's because of joel because he hasn't been healthy enough to lead them and he hasn't played well enough there also they've made mistakes around him obviously uh with the players like ben simmons and the james harden thing but i i've reached that too and and for the team and for maury he's got to be smart about this because there is probably one part of him tugging at him saying, I have this, this special player. Not many teams get players that could score like Joel Embiid and play like Joel Embiid. How do I not try to put the best thing around him, best group around him, to give him a shot? Give him you know two or three more shots at this before a decline hits. How do I not do that? I, I owe it to him. But the Sixers owe it to themselves. They owe it to their future. You know, they For years, they didn't have any future picks because they were all in. Now they have some. And there's going to be a day, one day, I don't know when it is, where Joel's not here anymore. And when you keep making moves just for one guy or to, be, to keep a window open and to keep hope open, you could hurt the future. I mean, we got here you know, in a roundabout way. You know, it was all about the future with Joel. Well, now the future is, is we're moving past that to the next future. The six have to be smart about this. Sit Joel down, get him fully healthy, and think big picture, not just about this year. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon. Don't forget, subscribe, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.